Hey, happy Tuesday and welcome back to the Coaching Minds Podcast. We are grateful that you are here to join us. We hope last week that you enjoyed kind of getting back to our roots. We talked about uh, the focus cycle. Hopefully you had the opportunity maybe to listen to the podcast, uh, search up that book, grab it, maybe start applying it for you and, and someone that you're close with. We've got some great stuff coming for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the stages of change and it applies to everybody. Ben, I'm ready to get after it. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. So today, Ben, we're talking about the stages of change. And I know that me personally, I hate change. I like where I like being where I'm at and, yeah. and not getting things um, out of order. I'm very, very routine, and change changes routine. And so I don't always love that. But uh, so stages of change can always be tough for people. Uh, but to, before we get into it, what are these stages of change? Yeah, so we were we were actually talking last summer about you know changes within the football program where where we're coaching and. One of the things that that we found was from Virginia Tech, and and they had the stages of change, and and the article was specifically about dealing with addiction and battling with addiction and making changes um, for somebody who has a you know a chemical addiction, most likely to a drug or alcohol um, or something like that. But I think that we absolutely just as a society and a culture have an addiction to comfort and we don't even like to stretch ourselves outside of things that are comfortable. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we wanted to really look at was how can we make sure that we're getting the correct buy-in, um, before we make some pretty, some pretty tough changes. Um, because anytime you come in and start changing, how things are done or when things are done or the way things are done or, you know, how hard you're pushing people, there's going to be a little bit of resistance. Um, and so we wanted to kind of make sure that we were doing it the right way. And I know a lot of, a lot of people, they want, they're okay with change, but you have to say, here's what the result's going to be. And we'll give you the result. Now you change. Uh, instead, it, 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 obviously that doesn't work. You have to say, here's what the result will and can be if you do these steps within the change. And like you said, I mean, I, I just as much as anyone, I love comfort. I've got, I got a bracelet that I wear that says, get comfortable with being uncomfortable to remind me to, to get out of my comfort zone and allow for some of that change, but I'm even resistant to it. But the, I think what's important is the people that listen to the, this podcast, they're leaders, people that want to be better, that are striving for greatness. You have to be able to adjust with change. And you are you might be a leader of a business, the coach of a team. You're someone that comes in, kind of ruffles some feathers and makes change. You're going to have people that are going to be resistant to that. And that's what we're kind of going through, right? Are the stages that they are kind of diving into as you're making those changes. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, that, that's exactly what we're doing. And, you know, the, the first stage that the article identified was pre-contemplation. And this is kind of where, you know, living in the, living in the world of ignorance is bliss. And I don't really, I don't even realize that there is a problem. Why would I want to change when I don't think anything needs to be changed? Because the way we're doing it right now is just fine. Um, and you know, the, the techniques that they talk about to get somebody past that stage is validating 
a lack of readiness, clarifying that, hey, you know, this, this decision is yours, encouraging reevaluation of current behavior, have them kind of, you know, go back through and self-reflect a little bit, encourage self-exploration, not action, you know, not, not asking them to, to, to change. Not right now. Right now, exactly. Asking them to look into what are some other possibilities here um, and explain and personalize the risk. And, you know, in the case of of addiction with drugs or alcohol, like what this article is talking about, the risk, you know, is is clear. There's there's obviously, you know, risk that we've learned about our entire lives. But, you know, I would say there there's a risk that comes along with being comfortable. Right. <clears throat> and this kind of like you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And just like with, you know, we always go, we always, when we think of addiction, we think of a drug addict. You can't get them to, you personally can't get that person to stop using the drugs. If they don't think they have a problem, then it doesn't matter about the, all the other stages. That's where, you, where you're talking about encourage the self-exploration. Look into yourself and understand, hey, what's going on? Where can, where, where could I go? Right. And if you can get that person past stage one, then you can get them into stage two contemplation. And, you know, here they're kind of, they call it in the article, ambivalent about change or, you know, sitting on the fence. They're not necessarily considering change right now, but maybe, maybe they're willing to accept yeah, I could see how this is a little bit of a problem or I could see how, you know, maybe there's some room for improvement or I could see why change would maybe be beneficial and continuing to sort of help this person work through this stage. The article recommends still validating the lack of readiness, clarifying that, you know, the decision is theirs, encouraging evaluation of the pros and cons of behavior change. You know, now they're starting to look at what are the consequences? They're starting to look past, you know, the comfort of what's it going to be like for me in this moment. And they're starting to look into what does this do to other people or what does this do to the goals and dreams that I have for the future? Um, and then the last one is identify and promote new positive outcome expectations and start to get them to realize, hey, this is what could happen. It's going to be hard, but the outcome, here's what it could be if you accept it and go with it. Right. And so then, you know, hopping into stage three, preparation. So they've got some experience with change and they're trying to change a little bit. Maybe you could call it testing the waters. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, really, they're really planning on taking serious action in, in the short time, um, you know, maybe like within the next month or in the next few weeks. And in the article, they say, you know, they suggest this is where you identify and assist in problem solving or overcoming obstacles, um, getting rid of those excuses that, that they think are holding them back. And, and you know, I saw that I've seen this. In the last um, couple of months, I, I was with a football program here recently and talking with their coaches, and they've had a change in the guard here as coaches. And the new coaches came in. They came in late into a, into a football season or into a summer, and it was time for change. And the players the players were kind of resistant to it. And, you know, I as we go through these, I see these steps from talking with the coaches of the pre-contemplations, the guy's like, I'm not sure about it. And now I've, I've seen it here at this point. Now they've been a couple months into it, that preparation 
they're, they're experiencing some change. They're seeing some results, but you know, they still don't have the majority of the guys maybe on board or things are starting to get tough. And so it's kind of like, well, they're seeing the problems, but how are they? and the coaches are just continuously encouraging just small steps. A very common thing I said, he said, just strike the rock, keep hitting the rock, keep putting those cracks in there. Eventually that change is going to be big, but it doesn't just happen when you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take the change. It doesn't just happen. It takes baby steps to get there. And, you know, one of the things they suggest in the article at this step, helping the patient identify their social support, which, you know, obviously in someone who's changing or breaking through an addiction, um, that looks a little bit different than, you know, what this looks like for the entire team. But there still needs to be kind of that that team buy in that team camaraderie. We've got this. We can do this together. It's going to be difficult, but we have what it takes. Um, the next one, verifying that the patient has the underlying skills for behavior change. You know, again, we can do this. And we've talked before, you know, in one of the past goal setting episodes about how the very, very, very front part of your brain has to be able to rationalize and justify these big, meaningful goals. Because if it can't, then it's going to say all this work, all this pain, all this discomfort is not worth it. And so, you know, here in this in stage three in the in the preparation, this is where we're encouraging small initial steps. We're saying, here's what it's going to look like. Here's how we're going to do it. And, you know, getting really starting to ramp up that buy in to where that person can now start to say, you know what? Yeah, hey, I, I think we can do this. And, and I think it is important as a leader of the business, a team, a family, whatever it is where there's change coming, not to just be oblivious to it all and act like there isn't hard times within the change. Um, so as your, as your followers or your employees or your players are going through those changes, making sure to talk about them. And that, that's what I heard from, from one of the coaches this weekend was they were, they were talking to the, the team. And I was about, hey, this is hard. Nobody said this was going to be easy, but we got to keep moving forward. And years down the road, teams are going to look back at this group because they're the ones that push through those times of change. And then once you kind of break through that point, which we'll get to here in a, in a moment, once you kind of push through there, then that's where like, you know, the success comes, but it comes at the sacrifice of somebody. And so that first group always kind of has to put the most work in to break through those, like you said, those old habits. And this is where with step four, we start to really practice this new behavior. So, you know, we're focusing on restructuring cues and social support, you know, in, in the case of addiction, that's making sure that you have the right support around you, but also, you know, if there were when, you know, you, you did this on the weekend with these people, you were used to, you know, consuming this substance. Well, we've got to restructure that cue. You know, there were, there were times maybe where in the, in the case of the football team, you're talking about where there was a certain way that they practiced on Thursday and they, they really, you know, took some time off and rested their body rather than continuing to push. Or, you know, Saturday was just kind of relaxing rather than pushing their body, making sure that they're getting rid of some of that lactic acid, getting, you know, taking, taking the action and, and doing the things that it takes to kind of ramp up to the next level. 
I think of that in just a, like a very minute example, Ben, where we had we've had a team that just absolutely struggled in the first half of football games. They came out as flat as could be uh, and got ourselves in a pretty big hole. And then the second half, we won most second halves of games, but our hole was too big in the first half that the entire game we didn't win. So we had to go back and look and just a micro scale of what can we change to make that first quarter better. Right. And we went back to practice. Like you said, how are we practicing on uh, Wednesday? What are we, what are we doing on the first part of practice on our heavy days on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? What are we doing to get the guys going? So we amped it up the first, the first part of practice we went full go. We would get music going. We have people screaming, intensify at that beginning so that you kind of just start programming yourself. So then when Friday night came or Saturday morning, whenever you're playing, as soon as that whistle blows, you were ready to, the guys were ready to go. And we, we've seen that result just from that little small change. The, uh, you know, some of the other steps that they recommend in the article, bolstering self-efficacy for dealing with obstacles. You know, basically just a fancy way of saying, do you have a plan in place for when this is going to be difficult and how you are going to overcome that difficult situation? Um, and then the last one, they, they recommend combating feelings of loss and reiterate long-term benefits, you know, realizing and saying, I know this is hard. But here's why we're doing it and here's what we're working towards and here's why this is going to be worth it because we're trying to, again, reignite that very front part of the brain that's trying to justify, is this long-term goal worth all of this discomfort right now? And if it is, and if we can continue to keep pushing and we can continue to keep getting better and we can continue, you know, on this, this step four of taking these new actions, we're going to be able to achieve great things. So then following that, so we've gone through so far, Ben, we've had step one, the pre-contemplation, step two, contemplation, step three, now we're getting prepared. You're seeing a little bit of change of heart and attitude and mind. Uh, step four, now, like we said, boots are hitting the ground. We're getting some action. What is the next step? Step five. Step five, they call maintenance. And they say this is post six months to five years, which, you know, in the world of high school and college sports that that's basically that's basically the entire rest of this freshman's career you know they're saying that there needs to be this continued commitment to sustaining new behavior there needs to be a plan for follow up support you know reinforcing the internal rewards discussing coping skills and, and dealing with you know feeling feelings of loss from some of the old lifestyle um, and, and things like that. And I, and I want to reiterate, you know, I've had multiple coaches talk to me before about like, how long does it take to build a new habit? It's like, well, you know, the, this, the science and the research is a little bit mixed on that, but you know, you're looking somewhere within a, a few months to half a year. But I think it's really important to realize that the, this last step, this maintenance, it's not necessarily just going to become automatic and easy. There's still going to have to be that intentionality around it. There's still going to have to be holding people up to that standard so that they can avoid uh, what the, what they call step six relapse, um, resuming old behaviors, you know, fall in, in the case of, of drug addiction. You know, obviously this is going back and, and using the drug, but you know, in the case of we, we have that addiction to comfort, that's 
taken the easy way out. That's, that's fallen back on the, the progress that you've made. And that's where it can be so hard when you have a changing of the guard up at the top is sometimes you just got to get rid of everything that was once part of that older program because just when you have that little piece of comfort, whatever that that might be, you have that where that relapse come in. It triggers that brain to say, oh, yeah, this is how we used to do it. Uh, maybe those results aren't worth it because I like that comfort. Uh, and sometimes as the leader of a business or a team or whatever it might be, you have to just completely get rid of all signs of the past. And some people hate doing that because there's some rich tradition or there might be something that was working well that, that a group of the uh, business or team really, really liked. But that could, maybe that little piece is what was holding you back from that greatness. I talked this summer um, about you know, someone in the business world. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep this example very general um, and, you know, leave out obviously names and specific details, but here was kind of the, the overarching theme. So they bring in a new CEO and the CEO is in charge of basically a, a leadership team um, who's kind of, you know, overseeing different departments and there's different department heads and each of these department heads have a whole slew of people working underneath them. And the CEO comes in and says, we're going to revamp everything. And, you know, at, at the beginning, there was some resistance kind of in that, that leadership room, um, where, you know, there were, there were people saying, well, we've been really successful. Why, why are we changing this? And there was a little bit of resistance. And what was unique about this situation was, you know, this person didn't come in and just want to be a dictator, which in the business world, you know, can happen. They wanted to come in, though, and sort of take a, a leadership approach where they wanted to get everybody on board so that they would see better results from it. Um, and so they went through these steps and they went through the steps of kind of onboarding the leadership team and they got the leadership team ready to go and they got the leadership team bought in. And, you know, they started to kind of as a as a leadership team move on to step two and three and four and really start to take some action. And the problem was there were some people who they were not part of taking those steps um, to kind of get ready for the change, acknowledge that something needs to be changed, contemplate, yeah, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this would be worth it, that preparation of let's test out the waters and then, you know, taking the action, that new behavior. They were sort of just forced into the new behavior. And, you know, in the business, in the business world, that's absolutely something that can happen. But again, they were trying to change the culture of this company, not just come in and start bossing people around. And so, you know, what, what they found was that even though the leadership team was kind of on step four and they were ready to start moving forward, they didn't get the people down below them on board. And, you know, that was something that this gentleman that I was talking with said they really had to go back and reevaluate how were they not only, you know, from the CEO to the leadership team, but then how was that leadership team, you know, getting everybody below them into these steps and through this process of buying in, deciding, yeah, no, I, I see this is definitely going to be worth it. It's going to be uncomfortable for now. It's going to require a little bit of extra work up front, but in the end, it's it's going to be worth it. So Ben, let's look, let's look at this. This is a question that we've had. Uh, what about for the individual. Uh, so just let's say, for example, me personally, I want to make some sort of change. Uh, there isn't really anybody higher up 
that is, uh, you know, leading me through with um, encouraging self-exploration like we talked in step one or helping clarify the decision uh, in step two or all that planning that goes in with step one or step three, I'm sorry, and and just, you know, helping me with the action steps. I'm the only one. It's just me. I want to make a personal decision to make some sort of change. How do I, you know, stay on that and avoid that comfort that I, that I once really, really liked? And I know that that future thing is better for me, uh, but, but the comfort's here and I like that. That's the, that's the million dollar question, right? Absolutely. I mean, so, <clears throat> you know, the, I think the first thing is, do you have people in your life that have per- permission to hold you accountable? Do you have people in your life that feel like they can come up to say to you, Hey, I really think you should look at changing this. And that's, that's hard. That's difficult. Like, especially for me as somebody who doesn't necessarily want or like, or even appreciate a lot of times unsolicited advice. Do you have people in your life that you've given permission to do that to, um, you know, can they come up to you and say, I know you don't think this is a problem, but I I really think that, you know, such and such X, Y, and Z would be better if you were able to change. So, you know, I would think that's, that's kind of the first step is getting someone around you, some people that can hold you accountable. And I think that ultimate growth comes from vulnerability and you have to be willing to allow that feedback to come in. Or, you know, that's where you see like these success stories of people losing just crazy amounts of weight and they put themselves out there on social media and say, hey, I'm going to do this. And then it kind of puts an accountability onto them and the rest of the world. Or maybe it's you share uh, whatever that ch- whatever that change is that you want, you share it with the people around you. Uh, for a little while, when I started getting into running marathons, I was very hesitant to tell anybody, um, like, yeah, I'm training for a marathon. Because there was this part of me that was like, what if I what if I can't run past 18 miles? What if I can't do this? And I've told all these people that, yeah, this is my plan to go do it. And I was just too scared to share it with them because I didn't want them to know that I had failed if I couldn't reach it. So I would just be like, yeah, I'm just, you know, getting into running. I like, you know, just trying it out. Instead of putting yourself out there, say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm wanting to do. And let those people hold you accountable. Let that vulnerability take over because that's when you really take off and see the big pieces of growth. Yeah. And, you know, obviously something that I can relate to if you go back to episode number 54, get off your butt and get to work. Um, or episode number 60, you can do hard things. You know, that, that was sort of, that was sort of what we did in, in those two episodes. Um, you know, I said, I haven't been making, I haven't been making my physical health, any kind of a priority. I need to do a better job of that. I committed to losing a hundred pounds by March. Here we are seven months in, um, you know, I've lost 45 pounds and still have a decent ways to go, but have, have kind of plateaued. Um, and you know, I have actually started working with a nutrition coach who is holding me accountable. She's not necessarily telling me anything that I don't already know, but she's that person in my life that I'm literally paying to kind of keep an eye on me and hold me accountable and say, you, you made this plan. Um, did you stick to this plan? How well did you do that? And, you know, to try and prevent, 
you know, that, that relapse, I, I realized, you know, there was something that needed to be changed. I kind of, I got prepared. I started to take action. Um, and you know, along the way that gets difficult and that's something that you have to continuously reignite. Um, and you know, is there, is there someone in your life that you've given permission to hold you accountable? Um, is a, is a super important question from, from the individual side. So let's, let's turn this a little bit now looking from the, the business leader, the coach, uh, maybe it's a parent. What if your, uh, the people that you are leading, what if they don't want to change? That's a man. That's a great question. I mean, at, at some point, at some point, this isn't like a, you're, you're not asking them permission. Like you're trying to get them on board and you want them to buy in. But at some point they've either got to get on the bus or they got to get out. Like you're moving forward, right? Like here's where we're going. You know, you know what the end result is. You're either going with us or, you know, the the reality of it is you're either going with us or you can be replaced. Right. And I, and I think one of my absolute favorite examples um, was from a, a Navy SEAL drill instructor. And he was talking about this, this exact topic, you know, because they get pushed way beyond what most people um, would never consider doing on their own. And one of the things that he was talking about was specifically after a 15 mile run while they were holding a boat over top of their head, they were literally running up and down the beach. And they said, all right, guys, we just have, we just have five miles to go. All right. We just have four miles to go. Just three. Hey, just, just finish this one mile. And then they crossed the finish line and they set the boats down and he said, all right, now we've got a 10 mile run up that hill. And you know, everyone kind of looks around like, what the heck are you talking about? And there's that like sinking feeling in the pit of their stomach where they're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I have what it takes to do this. We just, I just gave everything that I had to, to try and just get through this finish line. And, you know, they do it and the body is capable of way more than, you know, what most of us could ever imagine or what most of us would even want to push ourselves to. Um, you know, episode number 66 with Matt Fitzgerald talked a little bit about the science behind that. Um, but getting back to the, this Navy SEAL example at the end, I think was the most important part. And that was where they set the, they set these guys down and they said, look, there are going to be times where it's difficult and you think there's no way I can do this. And you know, we, we put you in a situation where it wasn't fair. It wasn't expected. Um, you know, some of you probably thought it wasn't right, but you know, in battle, that's going to be the reality of your situation more times than not. You're going to have to deal with things that are not fair, that are incredibly difficult. And we want you to remember back to this. You can do it. You can finish it. But he, you know, he said that if you don't explain why you did that, then, you know, the people underneath you just think you're a big jerk. Um, but when you can start to explain, hey, I'm doing this because I want you to be prepared so that when you get out into the real world, there's nothing that you could ever face in combat that that would break you because you've already accomplished way more than you could ever imagine. Now you're starting to kind of create this buy-in and generate this buy-in and guys are starting to see, all right, yeah, I can, I can buy into that. So, you know, in, in the case of, I don't want to do something 
it's okay to push people way beyond their comfort zone. But at some point, if you don't come back and kind of touch base with them and say, here's why I did that. And here's the benefits that you're getting out of it. You know, they, they maybe just end up thinking you're a huge jerk, which if you're trying to build this culture the right way, uh, that's, that's not a recipe for success. And so you see that in our action step, step four, where you are combating feelings of loss and reiterate that, Hey, in the moment, yes, you, you maybe have a little bit of loss, but long term, this is what's going to come of it. And I think we can all relate to that in, in disciplining your children. Maybe it's in that, in that aspect, or maybe that's in, you know, uh, the consequences of a team for their actions. Or like you said, in that example there, they had to go run another 10 miles. They hated it. They feel this loss right now. They're so angry at you. But then you, you reiterate to them, here's why it happened. Yeah. Because I, you know, I think at the end of the day, none of us are, are just, being okay with settling for mediocrity. None of us are saying, well, it's okay. You know, if you haven't bought in yet, just take your time. Like I, I understand in the real world, that's, that's not how it works. And, and in a sports team, that's not how it works. Like if you, if you are striving for success, there needs to be that push. There needs to be that expectation. There needs to be that either get on or get out. But in that process, the more people that you can get to go through these stages of change, the more people on the team that can buy in, that can say, yes, I want to do this. They're going to take the action. Now you're getting cultural change, not just some new dictator coming in and forcing change. So as we wrap these up, Ben, just the, the a reminder of the steps that we have. Step one is the pre-contemplation followed by contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. And that final piece is is relapse. And I think it's so important to understand as leaders, as as most people that listen to our podcast, they have people that they are leading. It takes time. Uh, I talked, like I said, with the, uh, the football program that I was with this weekend and talking with the coach, talking with the athletic director of the institution. They were sharing about how right now, maybe it's not so great, but it's going to take time. They're not, you know, they're not so much worried um, about just this moment because it just takes time. They're striking the rock, just continuing to go with it, continue to move forward, knowing this is kind of the growing pains. This is kind of part of it. You're running a business, you know it's going to take a little while. You might have to weed out some people, some people that have been within that business for a long time that don't want to change, but they might be that resistance that's just pulling you back. And as hard as it absolutely can be, sometimes you just got to cut that cord and say, hey, we got to move on without you because this is where we're going. And and there's just a lot of drag that's coming from you. And that's hard, but that's kind of what has to happen. That's what some of the stuff that I'd seen from this weekend from this certain program as they're starting to kind of, they're starting to get moved forward, but it's going to take some time. If you'd like to know more about the article that we've been diving into and the research we've done here in the past couple of months, reach out to us and uh, on social media at Mental TR Plan. And we would love to share this article with you if you want to dive into it more. Or maybe you're going through those steps of change and you just need somebody to be kind of an advisor and help you lead you through. We would love to help you out. We would absolutely love for you to listen to this and share it with somebody. Let someone else know about it, how you've been listening to this. I know you wake up every Tuesday morning and you're like, let's go. Coaching Minds podcast is being released. Well, give that to somebody else. It's like Christmas morning for you. You don't want to share that. Yeah. Don't, don't bottle that all up and keep it to yourself. Give it out to somebody else because we've got some great stuff coming up. And, and if you are changing your business, changing your family, changing your team, you need to listen to this. 
Don't just listen to it and stop. Make your plan and put it to work. 